it's just a matter of like understanding that like your high school career is just a moment. Your club career is just a moment. It's just, these are all steps in your career, but they don't make or break your career. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. Some say the best position in sports. This is a lacrosse goalie podcast. I'm going to say it's the best position in sports, but maybe also the hardest. And on this show is my job to track down the best goalies in our sport and interview them, find out what makes them so great. What are some of the mindsets that they have? Uh, What's the story of how they got where they are in their lacrosse goalie career. My guest today is one of the greats. She's entering her senior year at the University of North Carolina. It is Taylor Moreno, the reigning goalie of the year on the women's side. It's going to be really fun to watch her play in her final season at North Carolina. Going to be a ton of fun. Her story is awesome. She's got such a cool story. Uh, a comeback of sorts in terms of overcoming injuries, but also just overcoming um, not starting, (laughs) not getting the looks. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this interview with Taylor Moreno. Before we begin this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own lacrosse goalie Summit. We just concluded in December of 2021 the Lacrosse Goalie Summit 5, where 17 of the best coaches, best goalie minds in our sport came together to give amazing presentations on different aspects of the position. If you are listening to this right now and you want to become a better goalie for your 2022 season, here's what you should do go to goaliesummit.com and you can still get access to all 17 of those videos. You can even get access to all of the videos from the first four lacrosse goalie summits. That's over 80 hours of training on all the different topics that you need to make your game better, to become a better goalie, better leader, someone your teammates can trust, have more confidence in the net. That's what these goalie summits are all about. So go check them out, www.goaliesummit.com, and I guarantee you'll become a better lacrosse goalie. Now, let's enjoy the episode. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show Taylor Moreno, reigning goalie of the year. I think preseason rankings just came out. Obviously, preseason goalie of the year. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to the very beginning, do you remember the first time you jumped in goal and uh, and maybe even made a save? Um, I don't think I remember making the save, but um, it was like my town teams. We were like fourth graders and I was originally a midfielder. So I was playing on the field, running up and down the field. And um, we didn't really have like a set goalie. So everyone essentially had to take a turn putting on all the stuff. And um, it became my turn. And I think I was so drawn into it by, first of all, having just put all of the equipment on. And I was like, I've always wanted to play football. And I'm like, this might be the closest thing I get to 
being able to put a helmet on. Um, and so I went and hopped in, played like a half of a game and just fell in love with it. And I think my dad was ready to pull the non-existent hair he already had on his head, but wanted to pull his hair out. Cause he was like, no, you should be the one running up and down the field. I'm like, but I kind of like being in the cage. Um, so that was, that was fun. And I think that's kind of where I first fell in love with playing, um, goalie was mainly the attraction to putting all of the equipment on. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So you grew up on long Island, which is, you know, lacrosse hotbed started playing, you know, fourth grade, fourth grade level, which is awesome. And that's like, I grew up in California in the nineties and we started playing, you know, soccer and little league and and basketball Mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, but that's awesome. What, what, you know, you mentioned the, the, the gear, right. The gear was kind of like the big draw for you. Was there anything else that was that you really enjoyed about the position? Yeah, I think just like the adrenaline rush that you get from playing goalie, like, you know, you're getting, as you get older, you're getting balls thrown at you around 50 miles an hour, at least for minimum. Um, And so I think just the pressure of like being the last line of defense, I think was kind of like, I'm like, all right, it's down to me now. And I think um, being someone that can, you know, you learn as you get older, being a goalie, you kind of have to communicate and you're kind of like the quarterback of your defense. Um, and I think that that's kind of what really kept me in a position as well is just like that um, aspect of the adrenaline, the pressure, the the being a leader um, is is definitely something that I really enjoyed about it. Yeah, those are awesome elements of that. That's what I enjoyed about it too, is just like, you got that spotlight on you. Um, and, and some people don't like that, but I did, I did like, mm-hmm. you can, you can control the game and like, you know, if you have a great game, like odds are like your team's going to win that day. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. a great, that's a great thing about this position. Uh, you, you mentioned your dad pulling his hair out. I, um, I have a Facebook group <laughs> that, uh, a lot of parents have joined and like when I asked when they join, I said, Hey, what's your number one challenge? And a lot of people like make some co- some comment like that, like just watching my kid play. Like, I can't, it's so hard. Uh, like what, like how do, how do parents get over that? Um, that's a great question. I think my parents, my mom is the one that's kind of gets like worried about me getting balls thrown at me. But, um, my dad was always like, once he finally accepted the fact that like, I really, really wanted to play the position and he, uh, he started obviously investing time and money and effort into helping, get me trained and everything like that. I think he became very invested in like my style of play, how I Mm. play. Um, We used to have this thing where he'd kind of like stand on the sideline and like, if he felt like I needed to do something, he'd like try to show me it. And I would just get so mad at him. And I'm like, dad, just be quiet. Like, don't say anything. Like, don't look at me. Don't show me anything. Like leave me alone. And so now he just sits quietly and he just watches all the games and then he'll come and talk to me about stuff afterwards. But um but yeah, he, I think once he learned that, like, it was something that I really loved doing and it was something that like, I was serious about, he then yeah. like, he was easy. He had a better time, like calming down and being comfortable, like watching these balls come flying at me. Yeah. Um, and obviously parents are going to worry. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, I would say it's just a matter of like accepting the fact that like they're doing it because they love to do it. Good, good, good comment. Good comment. And getting a little bit educated about it. Like if you know nothing about it, like, you know, listening to some of these podcasts and and watching some goalies mm-hmm. and understanding a little bit more, I think gives you a little bit more sense of like, I know what's going on. I'm a little bit more in control, even though like 
I'm not at all, <laughs> but maybe it's right. just some sort of illusion. Yeah. No, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned like, you know, you mentioned once you figured out like, Hey, I'm, I'm really into this, which by the way, was that around like fourth grade or was it, was it not until a little bit later? Yeah. So we, when I originally tried it out, I really enjoyed doing it. So then we had basically this system where, um, we had another girl on the team who also was, um, like pretty into also wanting to play goalie. So her and I would split and first half I would play goalie. And then the second half I'd play field. So everyone would be so tired. And I was like, Oh, let's go. Like I'm ready to run laps up and down the field. Um, but then (laughs) once we got, I know literally fresh legs. Um, so at least my dad could, could get that one off of his chest a little bit to be like, all right, she's still playing field. But, um, then as we got older, probably around sixth or seventh grade was when the moment came where like the other, the other girl on my team was kind of over it, wanted to like not really play goalie anymore. And so I decided that I was going to take it on full time. Um, and it was an easy decision to basically be like, all right, I'm ready to hop into this whole thing full time and really commit myself to the position. Awesome. And how'd you go about then learning how to make saves? Were there camps you attended? Did your dad kind of teach you? There's other goalies that you learned from? How'd you go about Mm -hmm. learning? Um, yeah. So I, when I originally started, um, I had gone to like, get a, like a real stick this time because we were just using like the basically stuff that they've compiled over time um for like the the town team so i finally gone to get my first stick and um one of the guys that worked at the lacrosse unlimited was a goalie trainer he like coached goalies did lessons and stuff like that so my dad actually like decided that all right we're gonna do this once a week go get trained see how you like it see if this is definitely something that like you could be good at Um, and we went on Saturday mornings and I trained for an hour in Northport. Um, and then once I kind of got into the club sphere, um, my club coaches, um, my club director, my club coaches took a lot of time to work with me as well. Um, my club coach, uh, Bob DeSimone, um, he really enjoyed like shooting on me, warming me up. Like he was someone who would throw little pointers at me. He'd never played goalie, but he obviously played the men's game. He obviously had buddies that were goalies. So he, he kind of knew, um, to some extent what to do, what to kind of tell me how to do. Um, and then my club director played goalie and defense, um, at Brown. So he started then going, getting trained by him. Um, and that's, he just kind of took me under his wing and really tried to continue to work with me. Um, me and actually a goalie that was a year below me was, um, Abby and I who played at BC. Um, so her and I were kind of like his two little prodigies, um, that he was very, very protective of. Um, and they really treated us well in terms of like, he really made it an effort to like have just me be the goalie for my club team and have her just be the goalie for her team. So like we didn't really have someone else there playing with us. Um, but club was kind of where I learned the most because my high school lacrosse experience wasn't, uh, wasn't ideal, but yeah, um, we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that for sure. Um, <laughs> it's a great feeling, right? When you, when you, when you get some coaching and, I remember like I started playing in, in college. Right. And, and like, I remember this feeling of being like totally scared of the ball and like have no idea what I'm doing. And like, instead of being big and attacking the shot, like 
you know, having that fear response and getting small Mm -hmm. and and turning and like feeling bad that then I'm giving up these goals, like going from that to like this feeling of, Oh, I kind of understand what I'm doing now. Right. And, and, and the shots don't seem as fast. They're the same speed, but they don't Mm -hmm. seem as fast. Um, and, and so it sounds like, you know, with that coaching, that's when you started to, did you like literally feel a transition in your game? Yeah, no, I definitely did. I, I would say I was one of the lucky ones where like I was playing so many other sports and I was constantly just like either hitting the deck or, or just like getting hit with other forms of like athletic things. I don't know, soccer balls, basketball, the whole nine yards that, um, I didn't really have too much of like a fear of the ball going into it. Mm. Um, obviously getting hit even now still does not feel great, but it's a matter of like, once you're able to like really get the top half of your body and the lower half of your body in sync is like when you feel like the most comfortable saving the ball and not being afraid of it. Um, and I think for me, like we do some drills sometimes where like I've laid on the ground and just had people just drop lacrosse balls on my head to be like, Hey, look, doesn't hurt. Like, it's fine. Like not a big Mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's a hard, hard aspect to break for younger goalies is like, if they're afraid of the ball and they're creeping around like the middle school age, like you can't really give that, like you can tell them and help them with all of the skills that they're working on, but it's like, that's like a mental component of their selves that they have to be like, all right, I'm not scared of it anymore. I need to like kind of suck up and like face the fear of getting hit with it to then be able to get better. Cause I think it's a huge barrier that like, if you can't on your own individually break through that, then it, it makes it really, really difficult to like train and get better because you're just having this constant most of your habits and most of your save motions are coming from you trying to avoid it yeah then save it 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. like the body's natural reaction is to get out of the way like when you when for most people for most people right like you you want to protect yourself but as goalies we have to override like years and years of natural programming like not be scared of it and attack it and so yeah exactly it's, it's this mindset shift that, you know, it comes with experience, but also like, were you padded up as a kid? I mean, I mean, yeah, but as soon as I could, once I hit like middle school, high school, I was like, get these pads off of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Like fair people, enough. people genuinely are like, like, don't you wear padding? And I'm like, well, yeah, I wear the padding I'm supposed to wear like a chest protector, gloves and a helmet. But I'm like, from my waist down is just nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I tell kids. I tell kids like, start with the padding, like when you're first getting, mm-hmm. cause you, you gotta, but then if you want to like strip it off as, as you get older, if you want to, right. I and mean, it's not necessary. I, I preach padding hundred percent, but I'm not like going to tell you, like, you got to wear padding because it, when you get to a certain level, like you feel quicker, you're not scared of the ball. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just not as, not as uh, necessary. Yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned playing other sports. I'm curious what sports you played and like how that, if you took, if you pulled out anything from, uh, those sports into your lacrosse goalie game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played soccer. I was a goalie in soccer as well. Um, I played basketball. I ran winter track in high school for a season. Um, I was the kicker on my high school football team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just honestly dabbled in any sports that kind of like, if my sister was like, let's go play tennis. Cause she was the, she was a bigger tennis player um, than I was, but like, we'd go and we'd play. Um, and then those, I think really helped in terms of like 
teaching you different skills and different movements about your body. Um, and I think those were big um, advantages by, you know, consistently playing those sports for so long and then translating them into lacrosse, like obviously like conditioning wise. Okay. When I ran, when I ran winter track, like even though I'm a goalie, I'm not necessarily running up and down the field. Like it helped in terms of like my athletic abilities outside of the cage. Um, and I think football, it was just the physical aspect of like, obviously I was working out with the team and like all that kind of stuff. So that kind of made me stronger and it really put me in a position to, you know, have quicker hands, make further throws. Um, cause obviously our sticks weigh twice as much as a field player stick. So, um, I think those were definitely things that, that helped grow, um, the way that I play as a goalie, um, yeah. for sure. Love it. Did you play, um, any indoor, uh, soccer goalie? indoor soccer a goalie um or no not really no oh okay um, i was just curious because i played um i did indoor soccer and i never played indoor soccer goalie so i'm like just relying and this is well after college when i'm an adult right mm-hmm. um and i was awesome cuz it was so they, that to me that one was very similar to lacrosse goalie we're like it's very much about angles it's very much about like reading the shooter a little bit, very much about that first explosion and the save movements a little bit different, but not when it's mm-hmm. not when it's to your stick side. Right. Anyway, I was just right. curious. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely think even like, even in high school playing outside, like being a soccer goalie, like it was the same deal. Like you still have to worry about like where your angles are. You still yeah. have to worry about like your reaction, reading those kinds of things. And like, I would say soccer too is more so you can't really like you can't really predict where the ball's going to go. Like once it comes off someone's foot, whereas like for a shot, sometimes you can kind of like, all right, if a girl's hanging her stick low, she might shoot low to low. Right. You can kind of read with it. Whereas like soccer really is about pure like reaction. reaction. If you are yeah. really having to react to like where that ball is going in the moment that that their foot touches it. So, yeah, I love what you made. I love that comment you made about track too, where like, you know, you don't necessarily need to be the most, physically fit to be goalie, but, but you do need to be explosive. And that like comes with physical fitness. Um, it's, it's a different type of, you know, middies running, running up and down the field. That That's not kind of what we're doing. Like, but we do need to be very physically fit and explosive. So that's kind of yes. what you got from that as well. A hundred percent. I mean, even still too, like for playing now, right. Like when I'm calling ball position, like I've gotten very good at not you obviously exhaust a lot of energy by calling ball and talking to your defense, like while there's, you know, an offensive set happening. So I've gotten better at, um, kind of talking from my stomach than my lungs, because I used to find that I would almost like be borderline ready to pass out because I'd be yelling so much and I'd have no air left, but it was like, once you start, like it's a, and it's also a stronger, like more deeper like communication that you're giving to your defense it's coming off it's not as like a screech or a yell or anything like that it's coming off as like you're just talking loud yeah um, and like it can get exhausting um for sure so i think just there is a there is a physical aspect where like you can work like even if you go sit on a bike and ride a bike or something like that like those little things can kind of help expand your lungs a little bit, especially as a goalie. Like if you're seeing a couple of shots and you're going after rebounds and stuff like that, like you're still working, you're still getting tired. Like I know, like when I come out of the cage sometimes and I run back in there or we turn the ball over and I have to do a full sprint from the 30 yard line, like back to the cage. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
yeah, I'm pretty gassed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean that, that communication, like from your, from your belly, um, you know, mm-hmm. like, like having practicing, having your voice come out that way. Um, like you said, you can, your teammates will hear you better because you can project more and then you're right. not going to get as tired, but yeah. And to your point, like I remember this one game, I was, uh, I had a shutout going into halftime. Right. And there was two sprints, two sprints and chase balls out. And then that just like, it totally winded me. And I, and I lost my, um, my mental focus and they scored on me. And then I was just like gone. I couldn't get back in the game. Right. And we lost. And so like, I, I, I preach that, you know, physical fitness is so related to like staying in there mentally. And I think that's kind of what you were hitting on as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear about your experience playing with the boys, playing with fo- playing football. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, how, how did that come about? How'd that come to be? So it- it originally started off as a joke. Um, <laughs> it's like our, our security guards at my high school were on the football coaching staff. And um, one of the things that I struggled with as a soccer goalie was I had come from being a forward, like in playing when I played like intramural soccer and all that stuff to then basically getting bumped to a defender in high school because there wasn't really room for me to play forward. And I was like, I don't, I don't like playing defense. So I was like, I'll come out next season as a goalie. Like, I'm just going to train as a goalie, like all that kind of stuff. And the thing that I was struggling the most with were, um, goal kicks. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't get the ball far enough where I wanted it to go. And it was literally because I was just kicking the ball horribly wrong, essentially. So I worked with our men's soccer coach who happened to be one of like my sixth grade science teachers. And, um, we basically worked all summer on just like my ability to kick the ball where I wanted it to go far as far as I wanted it to go. Um, and so that fought that season for soccer, I was taking some of our penalty kicks from like, if the ball was at the 50 yard line, my coach was like, go take the penalty kick. Mm-hmm. So like I was running up to that to go kick the ball into the 18 box. Like, so I ended up at one point I scored a goal in like as a goalie in high school, Um, and so once the football coaches started seeing how far I could kick the ball, they were like, Oh, like, what are your thoughts about coming to be the kicker next season? Like, we're going to need a kicker. And I'm like, Oh, you guys are so funny. And then next thing you know, it was like summer training camp rolled around for football and they're like, okay, so actually we need a kicker. Do you want (laughs) to come try out? So I was like, I might as well. So they took the time to actually like, it wasn't like I had to go do it on my own. They're like, all right, we're going to teach you kind of how to kick the football. And then once you start to get the hang of it, then we can kind of assess like if we think this is like a legitimate thing or not. Um, And it worked out perfectly. The guys on the team were super receptive. I mean, granted, I was friends with all most of them. So um, they basically treated me like a sister. So it was like if anybody screwed with me on the football field, it was like they were about to answer to 50 other guys. So um, it was a lot of fun. I only took PATs. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't kick field goals. I didn't kick off. I didn't punt or anything like that. Cause in high school, it was just like, there was no need to, um, to risk it. So, um, they awesome. were being very conscious of it, but I did like soccer practice after school, immediately after school, and then practice with football afterwards since they went later. So I was practicing from like three o'clock to seven o'clock. That's awesome. And I think I read you went perfect. 13 out of 13, uh, extra points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the joke is my brother played football in high school too. And like, when you get like for every six points you get, you get a sticker on your helmet. And I had more than I had more stickers than my brother. So he, oh, nice. <laughs> he used to bust his chops with that. 
Nice. I was going to ask how, how you said you were all like friends with all the guys on the, through, through your brother. Um, no, my brother is four years younger than me. So oh, got it, it was got more it. so like, they were all my friends from high school and growing up with all of them and going to school with all of them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's a cool story. I remember we, I wrestled in high school. We had one, we had a girl on the team, uh, and she got the same treatment. Like, you know, like every, like that, that you talked about on your football team were like, you know, if anybody messed with her, like, or gave her crap for being a girl on the guy's wrestling team, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. So that, that's, yeah, no. you know, like when you got a good team like that and it, it translates into college athletics too, like, you know, you support it, you support one another, regardless of, you know, anything. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Um, now high school lacrosse, high school lacrosse, interesting experience because you got a grand total of zero, zero starts, uh, which is crazy, which is really crazy. So tell us a little bit about, about a little bit about your high school lacrosse experience. Yeah. So, um, obviously being a goalie, that's only one spot on the field. It's not like, you know, defense, you got four chance, you got four spots to kind of get yourself in on. So, um, it just like, didn't really work out. I got pulled up to JV in eighth grade. I had a lot of fun. I was playing, um, JV and then they pulled me up to varsity in eighth grade and it was, um, it was tough because I obviously was coming in underneath, uh, two girls that were the, in the, um, grade above me. So, um, obviously very talented girls and it was just very, very hard to, um, be in a situation where even if someone, I mean, obviously in college too, a lot of the times, right. If like a goalie's not having, it's not their day or it's not, you know, it's things are not going the way that everyone kind of thought it was going as a team, the game's not going the way you want it to go. Um, there usually are changes that are made. Um, and it was hard to be in a position where those changes were never made. Um, or I'd get put in and it was mainly to, um, be kind of a placeholder for, you know, the other goalies to kind of like collect themselves and, and like reset a little bit. And then it was like, as soon as I could be making five saves and I mess up one clear or throw a clear a little bit too far and I'd get yanked. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was tough or like we'd be at a halftime and we'd be losing. And at the end of the halftime, like right before we're going to go back out, like I was told, Oh, you're starting the second half. And I was like, I haven't gotten warmed up. Like no, no one told me beforehand that I was going to get warmed up. So, um, and then like you're going in and I'm playing Nicole Levy and she's standing at the eight meter goal line, just ripping balls around the corner. And I'm like, this is just, this is not it for me. So um, it was a long five years of working really, really hard and not getting the opportunity that I think I would have wished I would have had. However, I think it turned me it helped shape me into the goalie that I ended up becoming and the athlete and the teammate that ended up becoming, because once I realized that really I had no control over it and there was nothing I could do that was going to change it. Um, I just took the time to continue to like, I used our practices as like my training because I was like, obviously you're going to practice, but I was like, I took it to like a different level. And in a sense where I focused a lot more on things that I needed to work on versus like working on things that were, you know, game related. Cause I knew that those weren't going to be situations that I was ever going to be in. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I just focused on being a good teammate, cheering everyone on. Um, and I, I took the things that I could control and those were the things that I focused on instead. Um, yeah. and I think 
it only made me play better. Like when summer rolled around and I had club, cause it was basically like getting shot at the cannon. I'm like, I've been training and I haven't been playing any games. Cause obviously training and playing games, it's a whole different feel. So sure. it was, it was a long waiting period, but, um, but I definitely think that it ended up helping me in the long run. And, and it was something that like, I learned a lot about myself. Um, and then my senior year of high school would have been the year that I would have started and played. Um, but my knees had other plans. Yeah. Before we get to that. So, yeah, I just kind of want to touch on what you just said right there, because it's very important. It's very important because a lot of goalies listening to this are probably going to be in that situation because there is only one starter. Right. And like when you when you're on mm-hmm. like a competitive team, like they ride the starter. It's not like, you right. know, you, you wrote maybe at the youth level. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting some rotations in there, but, but, um, at high school, no, I would think like, to me in my head, and I'm curious how you dealt with this. I would think like, this is something I can control. Like I can work harder. I can, you know, like I can work on the things of my game that, that are lacking. Like, you know, how did you, how did you like, how did you think about that in terms of, of focusing on things that you can control? Yeah, no. So my approach to it was I had had conversations with my high school coach, basically being like, what can I do better? What am I not doing that she is right? Where, where is there room for me to improve in order to get myself on the field? And I essentially just got like a circled whirlwind, like Mm. beating around the question. Didn't really give me a straight answer. Like it was essentially like you're until she leaves, you're not going to play. Yeah. So it was one of those things I was like, okay, I get it. I'm just going to now accept it. Cause it was, it was really, really hard before I finally was like, all right, I'm accepting that this is reality and this is what's going on. It was more so like before that, like I was getting very upset. I was getting very mad. I was like ready to walk away from playing. I was like, this sucks. Mm. Like, I don't want to be in this situation. Um, like in eighth grade, I literally begged them to put me back on JV. I was like, I just want to play, like put me back on JV. Like I don't need to be here. Um, and they're like, well, once you get pulled up, you like, can't go back down. Um, so I use the opportunities practice wise and game experience wise to just kind of work on my own stuff and to work on my ability to be, you know, a better goalie. Um, and to kind of really give them no excuse to not be putting me in. So it, it was one of those things where it was like, there were situations where people like, yeah, you probably should have gone in or something like that. And, um, I think that was all I needed to hear was like, I know that other people are seeing that I'm fully capable. It wasn't that I wasn't capable at all. It wasn't that I was a terrible goalie. I wasn't good at what I was doing. It was just a matter of like, I was in a situation where I had no control over whether I was put in or not. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that was kind of like where I, twisted the perspective a little bit for myself and kind of accepted the fact that that's what it was going to be. And I had the ability now to really focus on working on things that were going to prepare me for club in the summer. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, then did that kind of recapture the love and the magic of the game for you? Yeah. I think once I hit that acceptance moment, I realized that I could, I could prove myself later on I didn't have to do it now there. I didn't need to give them the satisfaction of like getting in for one game and being like, yes, see, I told you like, I'm, I don't deserve to be on the bench or, or I deserve to be given a, a at least a chance. Um, then I was able to kind of fall back in love with the sport and the position and be like, I think I definitely want to play in college. Um, which, was a process, but, um, it was definitely worth the, 
the uh, experience. Yeah. Is there any other advice you would give to, to young kids, young goalies in that situation other than going and doing exactly what you did? Um, I would just say to just not give up on yourself. I think it's really easy to kind of like what I did in the beginning is kind of sit there and sulk and be like, this sucks. And I don't want to be doing this anymore. I think thinking about ways in which you can get better to then put yourself in a position to prove yourself later on is like the biggest thing. And I think if you can continuously keep your, your headspace going in the right direction, then at the end of the day, high school is just a moment in your career. It doesn't make your career. So I think there are other opportunities to prove yourself. And I think a lot of times kids get stuck in like this, like, Oh, like if I don't play well, if I don't play, like I'm not going to get recruited or anything like that. Or I didn't get recruited through high school clearly, but I was still put in a position in club to get seen and get exposure that I needed because I was working under like behind the scenes, like during my high school season. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a matter of like understanding that like your high school career is just a moment. Your club career is just a moment. It's just, these are all steps in your career, but they don't make or break your career. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I've had a bunch of, bunch of goalies on the podcast who have had somewhat similar, not, not like zero starts in, in high, but like, you know, like maybe they had just one year or maybe they had like half a year and that's kind of mm -hmm. what they, what they echoed as well. It's like the club, you know, it's just like one piece of, of your resume, right. Is, is the high school piece, but you can, you can build out mm -hmm. your resume in other, in other ways. And, and club is, is, is a great way to do that. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I want to talk about the injury. Un unfortunately you get, you get to high, you get to your senior year, this is going to be your time and, and uh, uh, you get injured. So what, what was that all about? And like, how did, how did you kind of recover? Yeah, I, um, so at this point I was already committed to Carolina and I was my, it was my basketball season and um, was on a breakaway, went up for a layup and the last defender that was still kind of lagging behind on the other team just kind of gave me a nice push mm. um, as I went up. And instead of like letting myself just hit the deck, I tried to land um, and I landed coming out of bounds underneath the basket, facing the bleachers. So like I came out full blown sideways. So moving this way, tried to land down and I landed left leg first and I just blew it out. Mm. Um, and it was, it was tough. So I did ACL lateral meniscus the first time, um, came back rehabbed very aggressively to the point where, um, it was like the aggressive plan that they had me on. And I think it's kind of what set me up for my issues down the road. Um, I ended up stretching my graft out um, just based on like the range of motion stuff they were having me do. And like, they were having me do it so early. Um, and I was just like pushing my body to like my limits. And so I came into Carolina my freshman year was finally cleared and was practicing doing the whole nine yards. And then we were practicing and every once in a while I'd go for like a certain save where I'd put a lot of load on my left leg mm -hmm. and I just get kind of like a sharp pain. I'd stand up, I'd walk it off, keep going. And then one day in practice, we were doing our, like our famous three V two Dom drill that we always do that. We always love doing, but it's a very quick transition for goalies. So you have to like, basically like once the goalie comes out, you got to sprint in. And so I sprinted in, I went to stop on a dime, just ate it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I think something's wrong. I should probably get it checked out. 
um, I ended up having a tear right down the middle of my medial meniscus. And we had planned accordingly that if I had gone in and didn't have an ACL, they were going to do a revision, which they went in there and it was nowhere to be found. Um, so they did hamstring tendon the second time I did my patellar tendon the first time. Um, and the tendon graft was too short to take out of just one side of my legs. So they had to take it out of both. So at least mm-hmm. even wise, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you lose like 30% of your hamstring strength. Um, so at least they're even, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I will say my hamstrings they they are the part of my body that gets the most sore, like after like lift or something like that still. Yeah. Um, but the graft so far has, has held up, but the problem was because I was playing with no ACL, I had mutilated my meniscus, my medial meniscus so badly that even though they stitched it back up together, it never healed. So following season come in, we start splitting. I end up then coming in, earning the starting spot at Virginia and played the whole game. I took a shot to the inside of the leg. I bruised right on the inside. So I was having a little bit of discomfort there. And I was like, it's probably just the bruise. We go to um, Chicago, play Northwestern at Northwestern. And when I kid you not, all I was doing was moving on my arc, moved on my arc, the ball went low and then they swung it back high. So I went to go change direction. So I put like a load on my left leg to then go back the other way. Yeah. Pop, just pop in my knee. And I was like, Oh buddy. But I was stuck. I was full blown stuck at a 45 degree angle. Couldn't put any weight on it. Like the game's still going on. Like the refs won't stop the game. Like I'm just trying to like stand there. And, um, I ended up having a bucket handle tear in my medial meniscus. So essentially it flipped, um, in my knee. So I had that game was Friday had, we got back uh, Sunday, I had an MRI and then I went into surgery on Monday, had it removed completely, went home. Um, cause our team was going to play Boston college. So I was like, no, one's going to be at school with me. So my dad came, drove down to Chapel Hill, eight hours to pick me up and then drove me eight hours back to New York. Um, and I was having, uh, I was basically full weight bearing because I didn't have anything in there. Um, but I was having basically the equivalent of like a blood rush to my feet, to my foot and what felt like a constant Charlie horse in my calf. And it turned out it was a DVT. So I had a blood clot in my calf. So that derailed me even longer. So that season was 2018. And my first game back was after being told three times that I was never going to play lacrosse again, unless I got off the blood thinners and the clot went away. Um, that my first game back was the second half of our Q's game, first round of ACC's. So I was out for a full blown month and that was my first game back. Wow. Um, That's a crazy story. (laughs) I know. And a lot of people don't realize that like I, that's, I mean, I've redshirted my freshman year, but I went through hell uh, my sophomore year, just having worked so hard to get back from my ACL coming in, splitting, playing second halves, then earning the starting spot, still splitting, then earning full, full time. And then going in first game and just like, or like fourth, fifth game in, and then just blowing my knee out again, having a blood clot that made it from a three week recovery to a month recovery, and then getting thrown back into the gauntlet, right smack beginning of ACCs. So that's a crazy story. I, um, well, and, and it's awesome to hear that you've overcome that now and, and, um, fully healthy now. (laughs) 
Yes. All right. Yep. I, I'm curious, like, you know, a lot of goalies and a lot of athletes who go through injuries, like, you know, it, it affects your confidence, you know, a lot of like your confidence in your body for one, right? You're like constantly thinking like, well, crap, I've already blew my knee out twice. Is it good to go? Like, I'm a, can I, can I really push mm-hmm. it? Also confidence in the, in like, if you take an extended period off as goalie, it's tough to get back into it. Cause like, you've got to get used to those shots. You've got to get used to reacting. And so I'm curious how, um, if you, if you experienced that and how you overcame it. Yeah, I think, um, being at Carolina, I had a huge support system, which was really nice. I mean, I was working out every day, um, and we would throw in different drills. So my, uh, strength and conditioning coach, Eric Hernandez, he kind of takes the ACL group, um, seriously in terms of like, he works with us constantly on top of obviously working with two other teams. Um, but we get a lot of one-on-one attention with him in terms of like the rehab recovery process. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, he had me doing some crazy stuff in terms of like trying to keep my reaction present. Um, I would do seated boxing. So I would sit on a bot, like basically on a box and he'd have pads and I would just sit there and it's my form of conditioning too. Cause at that point I couldn't run. Yeah. So I'd be sitting there as working on my upper body, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and he would call like left, right. So it, it, it was me having to listen and then punch to the right thing. Oh, that's um, cool. We and you just, you're just, we you're just hitting pads, just hitting pads. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then going and playing like ping pong in the men's lacrosse locker room. Um, just like stuff like that. He had like the glasses that essentially like block out one side. So I was doing wall drills in our weight room with the glasses that like basically like can like shut off one side. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like little drills that I was doing with him that consistently kept me in the right mindset. It kept me like I was getting excited to be coming back to play. Um, and then I think once I kind of got like that one week under my belt coming back to practice, I think I was like, all right, like I'm back to like where I was. Like I feel confident. And I think it was, I also didn't have to come back um, at least off the bat with a brace. So there wasn't like that constant reminder for me. Mm. Um by the third surgery though, they were like, you have to wear one. And I was like, no, Yeah. (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's just a matter of like realizing that like you worked hard and your body is in, I was in the best physical shape I've ever been in, like Mm. through my ACL rehab. So, um, it's definitely, that was a confidence builder aspect for me is just knowing how strong I was and knowing that like, I could get hit with a ball right now and like everything's going to be fine. And I also, in, in terms of my experience with my, with my knee issues was I tore playing basketball, technically contact. And then the second time I just didn't have one there. It wasn't like there was this moment where I was playing and I was like, Oh, I just tore my ACL again, like playing goalie. Like it wasn't right. like that at all. Right. Um, and so it's just been a matter of like, understanding that like my situation's unique in that I really I'm being a goalie I'm not really putting myself at risk for tearing it again it's only when I come out of the cages that I have to be smart what you do that's a part of your game right (laughs) yes it is (laughs) definitely pick and choosing yeah um I remember I made one reel where you like made a nice save and then it deflected off to the end line you chased it out and kind of like boxed out the girl uh, that now that makes a lot more sense that now that you uh, now that I know you play basketball, <laughs> it's a perfect perfect <laughs> box out. 
Perfect uh, bombs out. Yeah, that's awesome. I had thought you um, got injured, then got recruited, but it was the other way around. You actually got recruited, yes. then then got injured. Going back to the recruiting, like why why did you uh, why did you pick North Carolina? Um. So I actually Carolina was the last school I visited on my on my list of schools that I had gone around and spoken to, um, and. Carolina was the only ACC school that recruited me the like only ACC school that did. Um, I wasn't looked at by any big 10 teams or anything like that. Um, and they kind of, when I went down to visit, it was my last visit. I was going to see them Elon and high point and, um, walk into Jenny's office and Jenny was like, all right, so here's the deal. And I'm like, all right, hit me. She's like, <laughs> we weren't looking for a goalie in your class and we can't promise you that you're going to play here or anything like that. Like, we're not going to give you like this false, like we obviously want you because we think you're good. And we definitely think that you can have an impact with our program, but it's going to be your decision as to whether or not like you want to put all that hard work in and we not be able to like, basically be like, all right, we want you because we know you're going to play kind of, kind of deal. Right, it would be right. essentially up to me that if I'm going to play, I'm going to play because I put the hard work in and because I proved to them that I deserve to play. And so, um, it came down to them in Princeton and my parents really, really wanted me to go to Princeton. Um, so there was just like this internal battle in just terms of trying to pick the right academic school as well for me, as well as athletics. And, um, I was just honest with them. I'm like, look, Princeton's great. And I know I'd be set up for life if I went there, but I just think I'm going to be too, I'm going to be too like drowning in school at a, like at a place like that in terms mm. of like my actual skill set um, in the academics realm to be there. Whereas Carolina, I know for me would be challenging as well academically, yeah. but I would have, I'd be better off. I was like, this is where I want to go. Like, I feel like the team fits me most. Um, the academics fit me most. And obviously their program fits me most. I was just like, I, I want to go there. And finally I convinced my parents to let me go. And I committed there. Um, and I came in and there was three of us. It was Kaylee Waters, Elise Hennessy, and then myself. So um, it was, I was the unexpected, the unplanned goalie um, for them kind of screwed up the goalie recruiting process for them later on in terms of like the years that they that they take them but um but I guess I would say it worked out because you know they they snagged Betty Nelson so um and they got you and then they got and then they got me so uh, yeah but yeah I mean it was I remember when I committed to I actually got called down to uh my athletic director's office in high school and essentially was sat down to be like I just want you to make, I just want you to make sure that you're making the right decision. Cause I wouldn't want to see you go somewhere where you're going to sit the bench. Mm. And I walked out of there and I was like, I'm not going to. Right. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, I had to put in a lot of work and it was definitely a mental test for me. Um, a mental and physical test for me to kind of put myself in a position to succeed and to take advantage of the opportunity I had when I had the opportunity, when I finally was given like, all right, you're going in, like show us what you got. Like it was as though high school, the high school experience had prepared me for that moment um, oh, awesome. to then yeah. just go and just 
do what I do best and feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. That's so awesome. Way to, way to bring it full circle too. Cause like, you know, like <laughs> when the, um, when we're talking about that high school experience, it's like now you, because you went through that, like you're now more prepared for what these, these challenges that you're going to face in your future. So that's such an awesome, uh, learning point there. Uh, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I'm curious, how was that phone call to the coach saying, Hey, I, I blew out my knee. She was very, um, receptive of it. And obviously it's, they encourage us to play other sports. Like they obviously okay. look for kids that are multi-sport athletes because they know right. that those playing those different sports, like only adds to their athletic assets. So, um, she couldn't be mad at me and it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was like doing something stupid. Um, right. But it was, it was, I was worried because I was like, oh, I just blew out my knee. Like, I hope they don't like basically like rescind cut. Right. And like, yeah. or like cut me out completely or, right. or just be like, all right, this kid's coming in with knee issues. Like she's never going to step foot on the field again. So, um, I think my consistent perseverance and determination to come back from each knee surgery that I had kind of proved to them that like, I was serious about playing. Cause by the third one, I could have been like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like, right, right. I think it might be time to call it quits. Um, but I mean, knock on wood, like I haven't had an issue since 2018, since March of 2018. So, um, it was definitely just one, it was one injury that set me up for failure for the other two. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and I mean, the rehab process too, was, it's so crucial to find a good group that knows what they're doing. Um, and I think my rehab process at Carolina was what then saved me later on. And has kind of put me in the physical position to be healthy for as long as I've been healthy for. Yeah. Wow. I want to talk a little bit about your, your style of play. Every, every goalie kind of plays a little bit, a little bit different. Um, how would you describe how you play in terms of arc and stepping to the ball stance? Yeah, I would say I play a a medium arc. Like mm -hmm. I definitely don't play too flat, but I also don't play too high. Um, I would definitely say it's more of like a medium aspect. Um, and then my stance is pretty much just shoulder width apart. Like I don't play too narrow and I don't play too wide where I'm like basically baiting anything necessarily. Um, and then my arc stuff too has been just, it's changed a couple of times and we've tried different things and we've kind of realized like, all right. we think we know what my kind of my little like niche is between right. arc steps, yeah. my sweet spot with them. So, um, like I take, I think I take more, I would say I take more steps than, um, usual in terms of, I'm really just consistently working on trying to be square with the shooter the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there are different things that like I've learned over the course of being a Carolina that's kind of helped make my movements more efficient um, in terms of like when balls are behind and they get swung up top or they get fed from behind up top to kind of like which way you should turn um, and kind of swinging myself across pipe to pipe sometimes. So um, I would definitely say like the college game, because it's so much more fast paced, has kind of helped um, not really shave stuff off, but it's, you have to really be efficient and you have to be like, you can't really like 
take your time, obviously. And it's like, right. if you're going to have bigger steps, right? Like your big steps got to be fast, big steps. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I think the way that, like my body is, and in terms of like knowing my own body and my flexibility aspects, like that's why I kind of play my more medium, more steps, um, arc. Love it. One thing on the equipment that a lot of goalies ask me about is you got, you've got the ghost pocket, no, no shooters. Um, yes. T- talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I noticed that, um, a couple of our men's lacrosse players, the guy goalies, uh, at Carolina didn't have shooters. And I was asking them about it. And I'm like, what, like, what's the point of having no shooters on there? And they're like, well, you know, like for outside shots, like it does really help in terms of holding on to the ball because you break in more of the top half of the stick. Cause you don't have the shooters sitting there holding the mesh up. Keeping it um, stiff. Yeah, exactly. So I decided to try it out and everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> and then it just really worked for me. I mean, you have to take more time breaking it in, yeah. um, which is fine. You just have to, you just have to give it more love, spend more time with it. Um, but it really does help in terms of breaking in that top half of the stick. So like you could snag a ball, like almost in that like top corner of your mesh and it gets sucked in instead of bouncing out. Mm. Um, there is some res- there is some aspect of it giving up more rebounds in terms of like the low saves, because once it hits the pocket, it wants to roll out. Right. But you can work on like your ways and like the ways in which that you can maintain some of that stuff. And then for me, clearing has just been like <clears throat> game changer because I don't get that lip either. So like when my when my stick starts to like bag out a little bit, once it hits the, like the shooters, that's when it starts to go down, hits the ground. Like when your stick gets wet, your shooters stay tight, your mesh gets loose. And then next thing you know, you're throwing bullets to the ground. Yeah. For me, just having no shooters, it really rain, like in the rain, it's fine. Normally it's fine. Um, it's just a matter of like, you have to like really keep the shape of your stick. Um, what else? Oh, and it has to be hard mesh. Has to be hard mesh. Yeah, because it has to be hard mesh. It's got to keep that, the pocket. I mean, the pocket is so like having a well-formed pocket is like mandatory if you're not going to have the shooters because you need, you need it to. Yeah, I mean, I have I have one in here right now, actually. All right, I'm gonna grab my stick too. Yeah, so mine just basically sits in this shape the whole time. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> like everyone's do you, like, do you string that? Like I can, you I can literally pocket, go or? like this. No, I um, I have my sticks sent home to my guys that have been stringing my sticks since my sophomore year of high school. Nice. Um, do they need a shout out on Instagram or, or, uh, they don't do that. String it up, string it up lacrosse, Leland and Chris, they take good care of me. There you go. Um, they, uh, we joke around. We're like, Oh, this is the Taylor Marino special. Cause like girl goalies walk in there and they're like, uh, I want, <laughs> I want it with no shooters. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, well, they're like, I want it how Taylor does it. Um, yeah. So what you were but, talking about just on the, on the YouTube for the video, like, if if a shot hits like right here, like mine's it's really stiff. Yeah, right? like, and this is not the best string job, by the way. This is an old, really old stick. Um, but if it hits the the corner piece right here, like mine's really stiff. And so like you'll see yeah. a lot of things hit and bounce out right there. But yours is you're saying a lot softer. And yeah, once once it gets broken in, yeah, like right now this is stiff as this is stiff as heck because I haven't broken yeah. this one in yet. But my other ones, 
um, that I have, uh, that I've been practicing with, those guys are just very, very much more broken in and they're not as stiff anymore. And they just really just suck the ball right in. Awesome. Do you, on your top hand setup, do you, do you grip the plastic or are you like touching the plastic? I'm nope. I'm, I'm a grip the plastic grip, kind grip of person. Awesome. I, I, I like it because you alleviate the, if the ball hits the side of the stick of it turning. Yep. Right. It, yep. It still can technically turn, but it doesn't, it's a little bit harder for it to happen. Yep. Um, yeah. But, I was always, yeah. I was always touching the plastic just because I felt like when I was up here, like, like that rotation that in your wrist that you need to get to an off stick low, it just, it didn't feel mm-hmm. good for me, but I know, I know tons of goalies that do it like that. Yeah. Um, and then what about like the shaft? Are you attack shaft or goalie shaft or what's your attack shaft, attack shaft. And I do, this is, this is a grow this is a grody paint job, but tape job. I mean, but I have my other one. Um, yeah, I use the attacker sh- men's attacker shafts. My go-to one is the Nike Vapor one. This is a this is an STX one that we got, so I just have it. My, my ideal setups are in are in my car right now. But and then I do like a tape, a taped butt, um, tape all the way up to about where I would probably put my hands to clear. So like mm-hmm. where I would sit my top my top hand for a clear, um, and then yeah. That's pretty much it. So I do the STX Eclipse 2 with a String King 1X mesh um, and then the Nike Vapor shafts. Um, yeah, it's, it's been hard because we're obviously sponsored by Nike. I mean, um, well, we are sponsored by Nike, but we're also sponsored by Epic in terms of like our sticks. And the current issue that I've been having is because I'm very particular about like how my stick feels in my hands, the weight distribution in terms of like, right. You don't want your stick to be shaft heavy. You don't want it to be top heavy. So, um, it's been challenging with an Epic shaft that clearly is not meant to go on an SDX head, but Epic doesn't make goalie heads yet. So, um, so I've been, I've been feeling a fire a little bit, but but it's worth because it's it's I would rather I would rather be in a position to play my best in terms of using um kind of what I've been used to in my setup uh than be trying. I we tried it and I just their shafts are like a little bit extra long too. So it like adds like two inches, two or three inches at the bottom. Yeah. Um so I was like I was curious I'm sorry, about that. I'm not gonna do it. But you don't, so you don't have, it's like, they'll give you the gear, but you can use any gear that you want, even though you're sponsored by, by Epic. Yeah. So in terms of like goalie heads, like our goalies, we can pick whatever goalie head we want because of the fact that one, it's actually always been a thing. Like even when we were sponsored by, um, STX, Phil Barnes understands that like when you use what you're used to using, like then that's one less thing you have to worry about. Right. Um, so he was always like even if it, he had to pay out of pocket for it, he would buy us the heads that we wanted. Um, and so I've always used the STX heads and then, um, yeah, they'll, for everyone else, for everyone else, they're like the goalies are the exception, but everyone else has to use, um, Epic. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, well, awesome. Yeah. Um, see, so, so, uh, last year then, Goalie of the year. Congratulations. That's an awesome accomplishment. Thank you. Um, Thank and Twarton finalist, which, um, right. Finalist. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations on a great year. 
was that, was it kind of like the accumulation of all the work you put in? Was there something special you did like leading into that year that you think made you have such a good year training wise? Yeah, I think I put a lot of mental work in, in 2019 because I mentally was not where I wanted to be. So I took some time to really focus on my own mental respect in terms of being a better teammate and being a better leader for the defense. And I think once I kind of got myself out of that, um, I was able to focus more on like my training and being the best that I could be. Um, and then last year, honestly, like, sure. I got all of these accolades afterwards, but at the end of the day, if I didn't have the defense that I had playing in front of me, I guarantee you it wouldn't be the same situation. So, um, a credit to those guys playing in front of me because they really do make my job easier. Um, and when they're on, I'm on, and it's just a matter of us consistently having each other's backs. And when I know that they have my back and that I have theirs, um, it's just like this well-oiled machine that continues to just grind away. And, um, I always, we always joke around about it. It was like, if I were, a if I played in the NFL, like, you know, as the quarterback in your O line and like, I'd be buying them all jet skis, um, as like, <laughs> as like a thank you, <laughs> right. Right. but, um, but yeah, so I, I definitely credit my performance last year, a lot to the guys that I had in front of me. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a big mental lesson right there too, that you just said is like, is, um, you know, be very sharing of success and very sharing of, of wins, but be very, um, personal and accountable for, for, for losses. Right. And that's, that's yep. a huge mental lesson. Uh, what other, you know, when you, you talk about working on the mental game, um, I think you hit on like just working on being a bit, focusing on being a better teammate. Um, what, what else did you learn or, or how did you, yeah, let, let me ask that. How, what, what else, what, what other mental lessons did, did you say were important to you? Yeah, I think it was like my attitude and the way like the way I carry myself in a game, like my demeanor in a game and how, you know, flustered or not flustered I get, like that all has an impact on my teammates and my defenders in front of me. So like if I'm the one getting all bent out of shape and flustered and upset and mad, then that's just going to translate to them too. And they're not going to want to play for me. And it's just this cycle of like, if you're consistently sitting there yelling at your defenders not taking accountability for like, you know, like, Oh, like I should have had that one or yeah. um, you're pointing fingers and being like, you did that wrong or something like that. Then it's like, you're, you're just digging yourself into a hole. And um, I'm a very emotional player. Um, so like, I definitely like, like I get frustrated, I get angry, I get, get more so just like, I can definitely feel like when I'm getting like a little bit flustered mm -hmm. um, and so that was something that I went mentally to work on was how do I control that? How do I calm myself down? How do I go about not showing that I'm feeling those things? Um, because when you kind of give into those emotions and the mental, like that negative mental aspect, like it just, you're making it so much harder for you to pull yourself out. Yeah. Um, like we, like, I think a testament to it was, Last year we played Syracuse for the first time. Um, the first time we played Syracuse, regular ACC game at in Chapel Hill, they go up four nothing in the beginning, and everyone's like, "Oh boy, we can already tell where this is going." And 
I got four goals let in, like I let in four goals. It was a like complete like group breakdown. And my coach Jenny walks down the sideline and she just yells my name. She goes, Taylor. And I'm like, I look at her and she just goes, like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. And we came back and we blew them out and defensively we just turned it on afterwards like I am pretty sure like we had we had stints last year where we held teams scoreless for like 20 minutes yeah and it was absolutely insane just to see it was like the switch flipped on and everyone's like all right we're locked in now like we get it we know what we have to do um and I think having that group realization that like all right hey like we're fine um, that was definitely helpful. Like, obviously there are situations where like you're, you're kind of not having your best day. Um, and I look to try to control things that I can control. So it's like, all right, hands aren't moving where I want them to move right now, but my, but my, my body is moving. So like, let me focus more on at least if I can get a body part on the ball, like I'm still doing my job. Um, so it's just like taking what's being thrown at you and just adjusting. Um, and that was just like the huge mental aspect that I think I worked on in terms of keeping my head on my shoulders instead of like wanting to rip my head off and like chuck it halfway down the field. Um, so love it. Yeah. I mean, that's such an important mental piece is like one, you have to realize that all eyes are on you and the goal. And like, if you're throwing a tantrum with your body language, like that really, really impacts your team. You can't, you can't do that. And I'm like you in that, like some goalies are really um, even keel, they call it right. Where they don't get too high. They don't get too low. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think human beings are like that. Like, you know, we have emotions and like, when you make a big save, you, you feel high. And when you, when you, when you let in like a bad goal, you feel really low. And so like, to me, I'm all about riding the highs because I played better that way. But then when you feel those lows coming on, like reset, reset routine. And it could be, right. it could be anything. It could be your coach going like this thumbs up on the sideline. It could be a, a quick pep talk. It could be deep breath and, and kind of like saying a word. Um, but anyway, that's kind of my thoughts on that, but I, I love how you approach that. Um, well, we're way past the hour mark, which is where I try and keep these, but we got so much stuff to talk about. We didn't even talk about team USA athletes unlimited. Um, I did want to hit on, uh, your, your sort of your career as, as in, or not career, but your, your hobby as an artist and that sort of leading into this NFT T talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I've always dabbled in art. Um, my mom is very artistic. My sister's very artistic. It kind of runs in the family. So, um, I've just kind of like always just used it as a distraction point. I did a lot of artwork and like painting on shoes and stuff like that when I was hurt. So I kind of used that as like, uh, to pass the time on a little bit, um, when I wasn't able to play. So, um, that's kind of where it translated. And then once Jenny kind of got wind of it, Jenny's kind of been giving me some, uh, some jobs along the side in terms of like painting the mural for our tunnel that we walk out of, um, designing our quality shirts, um, I just recently painted a mural in Gussie Johns's gym, um, down in Alexandria, Virginia, which was a lot of fun. Um, so it's just like, just whatever stuff pops up, I kind of take it on. Um, like right now is uh, game day season. So we basically, our team's big into like having game day shoes that you only wear on game days. 
Um, And it's either currently right now, I have people asking me to be the ones that find them cool shoes um, or I'm the one that's going to be painting a couple of pairs. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of where, where I'm at with, with all the artwork stuff. And then, um, real quickly on it, the, on the mural I read, uh, it's still there. Yeah. Like still, yes, still mm-hmm, going still there. Talk to me about the message that you got on that, on that mural. Yeah. So the, we get to was, um, said by Desi who came and visited us, um, and spoke to our team. He was battling cancer. Um, and he was very, very close to one of my teammates, Maddie Hoffer. Um, he coached her in high school. And so he came and spoke to us just basically about the idea that it's not that like you need to do something or you want to do something. It's like, you get to wake up every day and we get to play lacrosse. We get to do the things that we love. Um, and it was just kind of changing the perspective of like the not dragging your feet and being like, Oh, I have to do this. It's more of like, we get to do this. Um, so that was the big mantra that we kind of took away from him. Um, and then unfortunately he passed away recently. I think it was, um, back in 2020, like right when I had just finished around the time I had just finished the mural. So, um, it was, he's, it's kind of like the staple for us to kind of look at that and and remember the things that like he kind of spoke to us about and what he stood for. And just to kind of give us that, like we get to reminder, um, just to give us the opportunity to be a little bit more grateful for like where we are and the, the sport we get to play and the place we get to play it at. Love it. Great message. Great message. And that's awesome. You can honor him that way. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We get I mean, a huge mental lesson too. Right. I mean, it's such a shift in, in, in your mental game when all of a mm-hmm. sudden, like I get to take shots, like I get to go out, you know, exactly. Um, Cause it's going to be gone one day um, sooner, sooner than you realize and um, embrace it. All right. So talk to yes. me about the, talk to me about that NFT then. Yeah. So the NFT was um, through a company called post game, who's kind of been, um, branching out and helping student athletes with like their NILs and just giving them opportunities to connect with brands and stuff. And so they decided that they wanted to launch NFTs. Um, and they had reached out and were like, what are your thoughts on doing one? And, um, I was like, sweet, let's do it. Um, at the time I didn't necessarily like really understand the concept of what the NFT was, but, um, after doing some research and them kind of really walking me through the process, it was really, really cool to kind of be like, Hey, like I might be the first lacrosse college lacrosse player to have an nft so um and you are right experience was awesome yes yeah as like what we know of yes um so that was awesome and um really nice of us lacrosse to kind of help with that because we really were trying to get it to like be a successful launch and i think them kind of writing that article was um beneficial and helping to like grow the awareness around what it was, um, and how big the potential is for it to be. So, um, so I appreciate them kind of reaching out and working on it. And then obviously we were down in Dallas when it launched. So, um, we were like going in for our first training session, like as it was going to be launching. So I was like, fingers crossed, I come out and it's done well. So, um, so yeah, no, it was an, it was an awesome process and it was crazy to see that like people were reselling them for as much as they are. So, um, that yeah, was pretty did, exciting. I I'm sure like 95% of my audience has no idea what an NFT is. How would you describe it to, uh, how would you describe it to somebody? <clears throat> All right. So I would say in like very simple terms of imagining it as a digital trading card. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a very unique card. So it's like, imagine having like that really, really special Pokemon card and you're basically on your phone, um, that you can either sell, you can kind of show people it. Um, it's essentially people's belief and their hype around NFTs are what make NFTs popular. And that's what grows their value. Um, and it's like, that's, it's kind of like people give the NFTs value by investing in them and being in being involved in kind of like the storyline. And they've been used a lot now for like digital artwork, mm-hmm. um, which is where hopefully maybe at one point, like I may dabble in or at least try to do something in, but that'll probably be a little bit more down the road when I have some more time. But um, it's been, it's been a wild learning experience for me in terms of like what it actually is. And then it's been kind of cool to see just how much NFTs have grown and how they're expanding into, you know, pro leagues and, um, professional sports now too. So to yeah. kind of be in the same category as like a, Hey, like I have an NFT, like that just like sounds cool. And the amount of people that like I had who are very, that I know that are involved in like crypto were like, that is so cool. That is so cool. So um, it was an awesome experience. And, um, obviously thank you to post game for kind of putting me in that position to launch something like that. So, um, so yeah, it was an awesome experience. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats on being the first, not just the first goal, the first lacrosse college athlete to, uh, to launch one. Um, I missed it. I missed the launch and I'm so bummed because I love, I like, I'm really involved in crypto. I love it. I know exactly what, you don't have to explain it to me. I know exactly what it is. And I'm like, Oh man, I would have gotten one, uh, but now they're a little pricey. <laughs> we'll <laughs> Just see. A little. We'll see. Anyway, congrats on that. Um, one other thing I wanted to, if you got time, I, I want to talk about yep. coming in clutch. Coming in clutch. Um, I've had Angie on the. I do these lacrosse goalie summits. Um, I've had Kaylee on. I've had Angie on twice. She's awesome. Uh, you and her have started coming in clutch training uh, lacrosse goalies. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we kind of um, obviously went from being enemies on the field to uh, U.S. tryouts, and we kind of connected at U.S. tryouts in terms of throwing out ideas. And then next thing you know, we were kind of like, why don't we start something? Like, why don't we try, you know, coaching some goalies and see how it goes? And so we really wanted to twist it in terms of changing the way that, like, we actually coach the goalies. So um, we wanted to kind of step out of the comfort zone of like a lot of, um, goalie clinics and stuff where it's like, you're just kind of giving the goalies a drill, one thing to work on. And then like, you're sitting there and you're just like ripping shots at them. And we wanted to like actually give them tangible advice and strategies to kind of grow their own specific style. Cause obviously me and Angie both play very like unorthodox. However, we still have like that base technical aspect that kind of is like that foundation. So we wanted to give these kids the opportunity to be like, all right, this is the foundation that me and Angie kind of work with. And then this is what we kind of do to, you know, our, our styles are different, but our foundations are essentially the same. So it's just like then being able to have that confidence to create your own style and to play like your own way. Um, so we've been, so we've been kind of doing some different drills with them, kind of taking drills that her and I have both done in college um, that both worked for, for us in terms of like their translation for how we play in a game to kind of give these kids like the opportunity. And like we're shooting on them with tennis balls, like so many tennis balls. We're kind of working on like some of the stick skill aspects. Um, And so 
the stick skill aspects, I think kind of get a little bit lost for goalies. And I think the more confident they are with their stick, the more confident they are in like their ability to come out of the cage, get that 50, 50 ball that like, if they don't go and get it, the attacker gets it. And that leads to a goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you could be the one that picks up that ground ball. And now the ball is on the other end of the field. So um, we're just trying to give them advice and build their confidence in terms of like their ability to be like a more athletic, be more like athletic in themselves. Um, So that's, that's kind of like the goal for what, what and why we started it. So, um, so far it was successful. The kids really, really enjoyed it. The parents really, really enjoyed it. So, um, we're hoping to continue to hit different locations and definitely touch on locations that don't really get as much love, um, as like, you know, your normal Northeast, like Long Island, Boston, Connecticut area. Um, so we're hope we're hoping to help grow the position and help, um, get more kids involved in being goalies because they're feeling like a little bit of a dying breed right now. Um, just in terms of like, they're not really getting a lot of the attention that they could be getting. Um, and so we want to kind of help change that a little bit. Amen. That's awesome. Uh, so camps this summer, I mean, you're probably shutting it down for the, for the season. Yeah. Or but like you did camps over the winter, but you're going to pick them back up again in the summer or is there stuff going on? Yeah, definitely going to try to start picking them back up. Um, we may do one in North Carolina when I have like free opening time. Cause obviously Angie's not playing uh, college anymore. So she'll, she has a little bit more flexibility in terms yeah. of being able to travel up here. So yeah, yeah. Um, the hope, the hope is to kind of maybe do one up here and then definitely do a stint over the summer. Cool. Well, let me know um, when you're doing that, I'll help uh, shoot it out to my audience and get, get as many awesome. goalies there as we can. Sweet. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Taylor, thank you so much for, for sharing your story and, and um, you know, kind of a little bit about how you became such a great goalie. Uh, I may have, we may have to do it again. We didn't even talk about, like I said, your pro experience and team USA experience, but good luck in this upcoming year. And um, if you had to leave the goalies out there with, uh, with one final piece of advice, what, what would that be? Um, I would say keep your head held high understand that at the end of the day control you can control and the ball still has to get through 11 other people before it gets to you so um it's a team effort and you're just one crucial aspect kind of being that last line of the fence so just remember how important your position is love it taylor thank you so much thank you so much for having me i appreciate it so there you have it hope you enjoyed that interview with taylor Awesome stuff, I think. She's got such a cool story. Uh, Just having overcome those injuries to now get to where she's at, goalie of the year last year, playing with Team USA, all of this awesome stuff. Be sure to check out Coming in Clutch, her training program um, with Angie Benson. Awesome, awesome. Two awesome young ladies. And um, if you have the opportunity to train with them, I would definitely recommend it. Lacrosse season's here lacrosse season is here i'm so excited to watch these upcoming games so excited to watch taylor moreno play hope you enjoyed that episode as always get out there get some work in do well be well i'm coach damon take care you've been listening to the lax goalie rat podcast with your host coach damon wilson 